This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In radio app. And this is a breakfast show with Lyle and Mon. Slightly sidetracked. We'll get there. Never mind. I was we ready, were talking about, I was ready um, at 30 seconds out and then realised I had 30 seconds. <laughs> and so we started to do something else. I, I looked at it and go, like, oh, I've got a minute here. Yeah, I'll go and look something up. This is what happens when you have extra time. You think you can do extra stuff, but you can't. See, I was talking about how I went swimming mm-hmm. in July in the middle of the Simpson Desert, which is really cool. How'd that go for you? Sorry? How'd that go? What body of water was there to go swimming okay, in? Okay, check out the photo. Check it. Just, just, just scroll if through. If you're about to show me a picture of a shower, I'm going to be very disappointed. Scroll through those for a moment. And, uh, yes, we went uh, swimming in, uh, was it Cooper Creek, I think it is, that uh, runs through the Simpson Desert. Yeah, that's cool. Any yeah. crocodiles in that? Uh, we had to actually do a big diversion around it. No, the sharks had eaten them all, so we didn't have to worry about crocodiles. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah it was all yeah, good. Well. Um, yeah, lots, of, <laughs> lots of both of those kind of things in central Australia. <laughs> Look, it's Australia. You never know. The Kraken could be out there for all we know. <laughs> uh, there was a few bunyips getting around, but we sort of avoided them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was cold. It was ice cold. It was instant headache when you put your head under the water, kind of cold. Oh, really? Very refreshing. <laughs> Very refreshing. I felt clean afterwards, uh-huh. which was an amazing feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would drive me into the water as well to get clean. I think if I hadn't had a shower for a few days and there was a body of water, I don't care how cold or hot it would be, I'd just be getting in. I'd had a shower the day before. Okay. So it wasn't the longest stretch we went without showers, but yeah. No, it was good. It was, um, it was a little uh, – the, the, the water had a, had a um, – was full of very clean mud. Oh, okay. Yes. Shout out facial. Yeah, 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 all that. Yeah, yeah, mud yeah, facial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I've, not, I've, not, not a lot of pollution in the middle of the Simpson Desert. I've bathed in many a creek in my, in my camping days back yes. when I was younger. Yes. Yeah. Ended up with lots of ticks in places. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you went. Uh, you went. You went swimming at um, Cold Camp one time. Did you? Did you see the Cold yes, Camp? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure. I used to. Um, for those of you wondering what on earth Lyle is talking about, uh, for about 14 years, I ran an annual Cold Camp in the Blue Mountains in July, and the Sunday morning challenge was to go and swim in the creek. Oh, bite my tongue. I did not do that challenge. Oh, you didn't do that one? No, and I knew that I'd get chucked in and so um, because people get chucked in. And so I thought to myself, I'm going to be smarting up to this. And so the whole weekend long, I'd planned my escape and come Sunday morning, I think I hid in the only lockable thing on the entire campground. <laughs> and that was this one brick toilet, which was a rarity because usually there's not one. Yeah, yeah. But it was either that or a vehicle. But I figured a vehicle that can open the windows and uh, or have car keys or something. So I locked myself in the toilet and I waited until like – the whole gaggle of people had gone down to the water where they were chucking people in and then I snuck out and then I hid in my tent. So, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Piking out, Mon. I didn't, Unbelievable. It's not piking out. I didn't yes. agree to nothing. But I swam <laughs> at a different camp. Okay. And uh, it wasn't, but it wasn't that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway winter swims always a healthy thing to do, I think. I miss cold camp though. That thing was a famous institution. It was. Yeah, it yeah. was. Anyway, we need to get to our Bible study for today, and our Bible study begins in the book of Isaiah. Actually, the Bible study begins with another clue for our quiz. Oh, yeah, it does too. Uh, Getting a bit eager there. Oh, by the way, we have a prize for the quiz. 
I picked it out earlier. Oh, you did? I oh, did, but oh, we haven't been talking about it, so we need to talk about our prize. And don't forget, our phone number is 1-800-324-843 if you know the answer to the quiz. Is or the you can text you us on 0419-064669 if you know the answer to the quiz. And this is the first time I picked it out, yes. Um, and this is a Bible. A thunking great big Bible. Of yep. course, I'll pick it Really nice hardcover New King James with Study Helps by Mark Finley. Very nice. Um, so really, really nice um, Bible here. So if you can answer the quiz, um, this Bible will be coming your way. Give us a clue there, Mon. Clue number three, who am I? I slept with my father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Yeah, who does that? Yeah. This Seriously? Yeah. This guy was a very, very, very messed so up individual. He kills his, he murders his brother. And, yeah. And sleeps with, gets with his... Father's wives? Yeah, not great guy. Not great guy at all. And, um, it's messed up. Yeah, he does some more messed and up he, stuff. He does, by the way, he does that publicly. It's really disgusting. I mean, he puts up a, um, a, uh, a, a curtain and then takes them in there one at a time while everybody's watching. It's really gross. Why would yeah. you do that? Yeah, he was a um, seriously messed up individual. It's really gross. Ah, so good he did not achieve what he was aiming to achieve because if he had have done, the history name. of the world would could have been very different from what it is. We don't know. Okay. All right. So, uh, yes, where are we going to? Isaiah. Wow. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 1. 42 and verse Isaiah 42 and verse 1. What have you got for us there, Mon? Are we picking up where we left off yesterday? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Listen in silence before me. Wait, hang on. Sorry, that's 41 verse 2. Haha. <laughs> 42 verse 1. Look at my servant who... No, oh, yeah, 42 verse 1. Yeah, yeah. Look at my servant who am I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. Keep going. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Wait, hang on. All my cables are getting in the way of my Bible turning. Mm-hmm. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. Okay, who is that? Who is that servant? I don't know, but he sounds like a good guy. Ah, indeed. Mm-hmm. In fact, he is the goodest of guys because that is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. Oh, there you go. Yes. So there's a number of things that we need to highlight as we uh, as we work our way through this particular passage here. Um, and one of the big questions that comes to mind is why did Jesus do the miracles that he did? Jesus did a lot of miracles, a lot of particularly healing while he was on earth, and the question is why? Now, before we answer that question, there's an even bigger question that we need to look at, and that was Jesus' task while on earth. Uh, Jesus' task while on earth could be described as um, he has come to this earth to establish a new religion. Mm-hmm. Could be described that way. Could be, yeah. Uh, because obviously, you know, he's going to establish Christianity mm-hmm. as a religion that is focused on finding salvation through him. Yeah. And we could say, well, his biggest ta- task was to provide salvation. Well, in providing salvation, obviously, you have to communicate that salvation, and that's why and how Christianity was formed. 
And so Jesus died to provide for our, our salvation and he established the Christian religion as a way of people actually being able to know about his sacrifice and to be able to benefit from it. Yeah. All right. So, Mon, let's say that you mm. uh, receive a commission from God yeah. to go and establish a new religion. A new religion? A new religion. Okay. That's what Jesus did. It was a new religion. Yeah. Um, many would say it's a continuation of Judaism, yes, but it was a new religion. Mm-hmm. God commissions you to start the religion of Mon. <laughs> Uh-oh, but okay. Where are you going to start and what are you going to do? Ah, uh, that's a really good question, Lyle. I have never thought about starting my own religion, so I have never applied any thought to this whatsoever, but I probably wouldn't start at home. Okay, all right. Well, then... Um, you know, let's say that you're going to uh, start a new business. Okay, yeah. Uh, you need to make some product and then you need to market that product and the more publicity you get, the better, right? Yes. Now, Jesus has a new religion and obviously with any kind of religion, publicity is a good thing. Mm-hmm. People need to know about it. Mm-hmm. People need to know what you're standing for and what you believe and what you're teaching and all that kind of thing. So you want to get as much publicity as you can, right? I think I see where this is going. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, not only would you surround yourself with very capable people, we've talked about this before, um, here where, you know, if you were starting something big, a worldwide, a global religion, you would want people maybe who were, you know, maybe some retired heads of state would be useful on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd, you'd want, um, some very highly qualified lawyers and accountants to, you know, do the, keep, keep track of the legals and do the bean counting and, um, this kind of thing. And so we talked about how that when Jesus came to establish his new global religion, he chose fishermen. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it worked because uh-huh. Jesus sees Jesus sees differently than the way we see. Mm-hmm. When God chose to announce the birth of Jesus, he chose shepherds. Mm-hmm. Uh, because God doesn't see what's on the outside. God actually sees what is in our heart. He sees our true character. He knows what we are actually like on the inside and is able to make a choice based on that. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, so you're going to establish this this, this new uh, r- religion, and uh, let's say that you uh, you gather around yourself a team of qualified people to yep. help you start it. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your next step? Now you got your team together. What are you going to do next? Let's say that you've been given some supernatural powers as well. Jesus, obviously, he was God. He had supernatural power that came from the Father as a human being living here on this earth, um, and you have you know unlimited access to supernatural power. What are you going to do? I think I would research what it takes or what it means to be a religion <coughs> and then sort that out. So if there's like uh, some sort of order or rules or, I don't know, guidelines, wouldn't want to figure that out. Yeah, it kind of isn't when it comes to religion. But anyway, whatever. Uh, all right, no so you, you, figure, you figure all that stuff out. But let's say, what are you going to do for a launch? Uh, build a church. All right, so you build a church yeah. and then what? Invite hold everybody along, hold a service, invite everyone along, get yeah. some big big name speakers in, uh, make a big splash, have some celebrities there, um, advertise it on... Gumtree. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Mon does is on Gumtree. No, but Facebook. You know, Facebook and yeah, social, social media, media and so forth. Mm-hmm. Put out some YouTube videos. 
and just really start to make some, you know, some waves. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself seen, basically. Yeah, in front of people, yeah. Now, if you've got some supernatural power, let's say that Absolutely you have... Absolutely would use them. Okay, so you would use that because... Why would you use that? Because it'd be even more showy. People yep. ca- catch people's interest. All right, so you would do that in public then. Yeah. yeah. Um, you might stand up on front um, at the front of the stage and call sick people forward and the bigger the crowd that you have watching, the more impact that is going to have when you heal them, right? Sure. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds like uh, the kind of thing that we would expect and, in fact, it's often what we see within uh, various religions and Christianity today. Mm. Yeah, there's big healing services, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in the audience, so many people up the front, they're all being healed and so forth. And, of course, that is a great way for the uh, proponent of that religion to gain followers, to build his religion, um, to raise money, to get people excited and on fire about it because they are seeing the supernatural with their own eyes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. And hold your finger here in Isaiah. Hold your finger there. Don't don't go away from Isaiah because we're going to come back to it. Um, Isaiah chapter 42 that was, for those of you who are following along. We're going to flick over to Mark now, and Mark chapter 5. Let's go to Mark chapter 5, and this is a recurring theme throughout the book of Mark. You'll find this over and over and over again. Uh, Where are we? Chapter 5, where's chapter 5? Verse 24, start in verse 24. Okay. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered yeah, a great... This is not the one I'm after. This is not the one okay. I'm after. Okay. okay. Let me let's, let's hang on to that one. Hang on to that one. We're going to come back to that one. Um, oh, and he, he, let's go down a bit further. No, it, does, it does illustrate it down here a little bit further. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay. So he heals the, uh, he heals the woman. Mm-hmm. And then he's on his way to the house of Jairus. And, his, and Jairus' daughter is very, very ill. Um, and when he gets there, Jairus' daughter has died. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> verse 35. Let's pick it up in verse 35. While he was still speaking to her, messages, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no news troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Okay. Stop there for a moment. Mm -hmm. Jesus is about to do what? Uh, Heal someone. No. Bring someone back from the dead. Bring somebody back from the dead. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's next level over healing someone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a next level miracle. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole town has turned up. To see Jesus perform miracles. So much so that they've just jammed in and crowded him in on the streets that he can't even get through. And he's late to Jairus' place because the crowd is so thick. And the house is full of people. The street is full of people. If you are wanting to start a new religion, wouldn't it make sense? You know, it's not going to harm the girl anymore because she's dead. Mm-hmm. She's dead as a doornail. Um, pick up that bed. Carry it outside. Take it to a place where everybody can see. Or take it to the local synagogue. Yeah. Take it up the front of the local synagogue. You know, take, take it to church. Mm-hmm. Bring in the dead body into church and heal the person there. Yeah. Doesn't that make much, so much more sense if you're wanting to do something big? Yeah. You've got a whole crowd ready for it anyway. Absolutely. 
you have. And, of course, what does Jesus do? He stops the crowd from coming. Yeah. And he just takes two or three. Just takes two or three. And he goes into the room and he raises it from the dead. And the two or three that he takes are those that already believe in him anyway. Mm. He's got nothing to prove here. Um, they already believe in him. And... Uh, it makes you wonder why. Why is this? Okay, so this is a theme that you're going to find, uh, particularly throughout Mark. Mark focuses in on, on this theme. It was something that really caught his attention about the ministry of Jesus. And as a result of that, it is called, amongst theologians, and I don't often use theologian terms here, it's called the Markan secret. Because oh. all the way through the book of Mark, you'll have a miracle, and then Jesus says, don't tell anyone. And he'll do another miracle, and he'll say, don't tell anyone. And he'll do another miracle, and he'll say, well, don't, don't tell anyone. And you have it coming up over and over and over again. And, it's, and, and Mark has kind of tweaked to it. He's gone, you know what? I'm going to write this down. And so he's recorded it. And it's called The Mark and Secret. It runs right through the book of Mark. But why does he do it? Why does Jesus do that? Jesus is doing the complete opposite of what your prosperity gospel and um, you know charismatic churches do today, when they do their healings and have their healing services, they do it. They don't do it, you know, in private. Mm-mm. No way. They invite everybody to come to church and they get everybody up the front of the church and they pray for everybody at the front of the church, and then you know jump up and down and make a big song and dance when they are healed at the front of the church. Jesus does not do this. Now, there are occasions when he does, and we're going to come to one or two of those in a moment. But over and over and over again, Jesus doesn't do it, which takes us back to Isaiah. So where were we? Isaiah 42 uh, and verse 2. If you could, We read verse 1, but I'll just get uh, you to read for us uh, verse 2, please. Isaiah 42 and verse 2. Isaiah he will not shout or raise his voice in public. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, so there's a prophecy about Jesus. This is not going to be somebody who stands on a street corner as the Pharisees did. This is going to be the complete opposite. So the Pharisees, whenever they did something good, they would publish it. Yeah, everyone would know about very, it. Very, very loudly. Mm-hmm. They'd let everybody know. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is like, no, I do this in secret. I heal someone for sure. And then I tell them, don't go and tell anyone. There's no, you know, one or two witnesses, that's it. And, um, and, and, and so a lot of Jesus' miracles were done in secret. What, why do you think this is? I mean, just looking at it from the perspective of how people react, even in today's terms, you know, when when you see like a like Donald Trump does, you know, a multi million dollar donation to some place and and then make sure everyone knows yeah, about yeah, yeah. it, and you see them write the check, and the check is like huge, um, it's like the three meters long. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they all stand there holding like this massive it. long yeah, check. Yeah, you make sure there's pictures and it gets on the front page. There's a little bit of eye and roll. The, the, the obligatory handshake picture. Yeah. A little bit of eye roll. I but think there's like, a lot of eye rolls. Like, then oh like you goodness, have the flip side break. to that where just recently it was revealed that um, like some celebrities like Keanu Reeves, like is this been revealed that throughout his entire career he's been secretly donating money to all different kinds of foundations and has asked to do it anonymously but they found out about it and they published it against his wishes and so now everyone knows that he's like a super generous dude and the public just swarmed with love for for him and it's like a it's weird like when someone does something nice in secret people appreciate it more almost than when someone does it with much fanfare it's almost like they sort of so what is that revealing about they find it disingenuous they're like you're just doing it to make people think you're great so what's the difference between donald trump's donation to charity and keanu reeves's donation to charity 
It just seems like Keanu Reeves' donation seems much more genuine. Like he actually cared about yeah. the cause and it wasn't yeah. about getting glory for him. Yep. Yeah. And Donald Trump was obviously looking for publicity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because that's what Donald Trump always even looks for is both, publicity. Yeah. <laughs> even though both of them are multi-millionaires and the money doesn't really mean anything to them. Like Donald Trump has so much money, like you could like donate so much and it wouldn't like yeah. be a scratch. So same with Keanu Reeves. Doesn't really care. Same and with Keanu Reeves. Same with Keanu Fabulously Reeves. wealthy. Yeah. 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 But it, so it speaks about their character. It does. It speaks about their character and their motivation, and it tells us, you know, when we see that Jesus, it says here, you know, he shall not cry nor lift up his voice. His voice shall not be heard in the street. He's not going to go around yelling about what he's doing mm. because he has a different motive for what he's doing. Yeah. He's not here to make himself look good. He is here to help the planet. Yeah. And this is a massive lesson for us right here about how we should respond. We'll come back in... Uh, uh, just after the primitive quartet with um, yeah, I love this song. There's a man There's in a there. Man in here that I'm looking for, said the man who could find no room at the door. So they lowered him down on a stretcher bed, and Jesus looked at him and said, "All your sins are all now gone. This day, take up your bed." And go your way As he walked through the crowd They heard him declare I can tell you all There's a man in there There's a man in here Who turns water to wine And he walks on the water And gives sight to the blind And he gives back life To the ones that's dead And he fed five thousand with seven loaves of bread There's a man in here Who makes demons flee Who makes cripples walk And has chosen even me For he lives in my heart And I have no fear I'm a better man Cause there's a man in here Was tossed from side to side So they woke him up As the waves dashed high And said, don't you care That we're about to die He said, peace be still When the winds had laid He said, where's your faith? Why were you so afraid? When they saw that the sea was calm and clear They said, Thank you, God, there's a man in here. There's a man in here who turns water to wine, and he walks on the water and gives sight to the blind, and he gives back life to the ones that's dead, and he fed 5,000 with seven loaves of bread. There's a man in here who makes demons flee, who makes cripples walk, has chosen even me For he lives in my heart And I have no fear I'm a better man Cause there's a man in here I'm a better man Cause there's a man in here 
That was the primitive primitive quartet with There's a Man in Here. Let's have another clue for our quiz. Nobody's got this yet. A great Bible on offer here right now. Um, it's black. It is hardcover. It is New King James. It has Mark Finley Bible study helps in it for anyone who can answer the clue for the quiz. What do you got for us there, Mon? Who am I? Clue number four. My hair grew so heavy I had to cut it. It weighed 200 shekels by the royal standard. How much did your hair mate weigh, Mon? Dude, I have no idea. How often do you how often do you cut it like a trim it across the bottom? Because it's kind of long, eh? Maybe only like twice a year. Yep. I'm overdue at the moment. I'd like to cut. So that's about as long as it goes, right? I don't know. Okay. Because I, I actually don't like how long it is right now, and I've been meaning to cut off at about a foot, but um, a foot. Yeah, you okay. won't notice. I've ch- well, I have chopped my hair off by a foot before and walked in this studio, and no one's noticed. That's the curse of having long hair. No matter how, once it hits your shoulders, it's just long. Just perm it. No, dude, I've done that before. And And then people will notice. Yeah, yeah. People notice to write when I permed it. (laughs) The Mondo. Two-minute noodle head. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know how much 200 shekels is in modern day weighing, but I doubt it would be because my hair's not curly. Yeah, and your hair is not, you get the impression that this person had just ridiculously thick Thick, hair. Yeah, thick, heavy, coarse hair. Yeah. Which I don't. <clears throat> cool. All right. So, um, let's see. Where are we up to in our Bible study? We need to look at <laughs> Lyle South. Yeah, I'm just. You are the worst multitasker I, I have ever seen. I am. Why don't you do the Bible study for a minute so I can just run out of the office and take care of some stuff? What do you want to take? What do you nah, want to do? Good. It's all good. Your son just walked in. Yes, I have to give him some money. Oh. And that's more important than this right now. <laughs> but I'm going to forget. I know I'm going to forget. I'll always forget. Okay. Anyway. Listeners, um, don't let Lyle forget. He has to give one back to Call up. Oh, it looks like somebody might call. Do you know what? 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you can call at the show's end and remind Lyle to give his son money, I'll give you a prize. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I will. <laughs> uh, dear. All right. Let's, uh, let's see here. We are in... Uh, let's let, let's have a look at some of these other miracles that Jesus did. But we're really looking at this concept of Jesus doing stuff on the sly. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. You know, he just does a miracle and he's like, don't tell anyone about this. He's you don't need to know about it. Doing genuine things. He is doing genuine things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were comparing, you know, some of the uh, the philanthropists who are famous for their philanthropy philanthropy mm-hmm. and those who are also incredibly generous but are not famous for it because they do it anonymously. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we really appreciate it when we find out that they've been doing it anonymously because, like, okay, this person genuinely wanted to help. They weren't just advertising themselves. Yep. It wasn't a marketing And with Jesus, that's what we find here. The Bible says, He shall um, not cry nor lift up nor, 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 nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. He's not trying to... Uh, um, to make a big deal about how wonderful he is. It goes on in Isaiah 43. It says, A bruised reed he will not break, and the smoking flax he will not quench. What have you got in uh, verse 3 there? What does yours say? Uh, put out a flickering candle. A flickering candle. It's a little candle that's struggling to stay alight. He's not going to put it out. What on earth is the Bible talking about here now? He's speaking of his gentleness and his nurturing nature. Just, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, so there's like a, metaphor. a weak reed and a, and a flickering candle. They're like things that are, you know. Super vulnerable. Yes, yeah, super vulnerable. And we can, um, uh, you know. I'm a reed to, growing in the pond, you know. You sort of bend it yeah. over. It's never going to stand up straight again. And it's like, 
it wouldn't even break it off. Yeah, you can akin that to, to humanity. So, like, the weakest of humanity, he's he's going to look after them. He's not going to crush them underfoot. Because that's something the Pharisees often did. We read about that the other day, how they would, um, you know, make loud speeches and prayers in, in public, but then they would go and, you know, rob um, widows and take advantage of them. And the widows were the, the weakest reed. They were, like, the, the most vulnerable of society. And so he's not – this is saying that Jesus is not going to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so – um, it's like an old-timey way of saying he wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And this is what we find throughout Jesus' life. Jesus was somebody who had tremendous amounts of compassion. Let's go over to, let me see here, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Are we coming back to Isaiah? No, I think we're done with Isaiah. I won't stick my finger So that's in. the second principle we're going to draw out of this prophecy about Jesus from Isaiah. The first is that Jesus didn't do things for show, but now we're going to read a situation where he did do something very, very publicly and we're going to ask ourselves the question, why did Jesus do this? What was his motivation? Why did he do it publicly? And does it do away with what we just read about earlier as far as Jesus doing things secretly? Ooh, very interesting. So Matthew chapter 14 and verse 14. Matthew 14, 14. Okay, just let me get there. Yeah, my pages are flicking across here as well. 14, okay, 14, yep. beat you. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and had compassion on them and healed their sick. That's a fairly simple verse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jesus steps out of a boat. There is uh, how many people there? Like 5,000 5, people. Mm-hmm. And um, there may have been 15,000 if uh, if they only counted the men, which often was how it was done in those days. But let's say there's 5,000 people. That's a big crowd. It's huge. Here Jesus does things publicly. Mm. Why? That's a good question. I don't know, is it for the conversion of the people? You know, I think the key in my mind is the word compassion. Mm-hmm. Okay, think of Jesus' options here. He can step out of the boat and preach them a sermon and do nothing, mm. just preach. Mm-hmm. In which case, all of those people who are ill are going to go home ill. Or... He can step out of the boat, and instead of preaching a sermon, he can do something practical. Yeah. Which one is going to be more effective? Oh, the practicality. Absolutely. People would much rather see Christianity than hear about Christianity all day long. I mean, it makes sense. What's what's he going to say? Oh, sorry, I only heal in secret. Maybe if you come see me, like, hiding behind a sheet later, then we'll do that there. I'll heal you in somebody's, you know, house when no one's looking like it's yeah he would have he would have gone away looking pretty bad if he hadn't have done that yeah yeah wouldn't wouldn't have been a uh, wouldn't have been a good look by any stretch of the imagination and so jesus yeah he has compassion on them and um and because of that he's like yeah you know what i'm i'm going to heal these people because uh i'm not here to make a show about it but if i don't you know this is the only opportunity that i have mm-hmm. and of course you've got the experience where on a couple of occasions, he feeds large numbers of people. On one occasion, he feeds 4,000. Another occasion, he feeds 5,000. You know, the feeding of the 5,000 being the bigger one and being the more famous one that we often talk about and quote. Uh, once again, a very public um, miracle that takes place simply because the people had needs. Yeah. They'd come to hear him preach. They hadn't planned for him to preach all day. He was the one who decided to preach all day. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, as a result of his decision, They've become hungry, and they've got a long walk home 
feeling faint and hunger. And, you know, of course, he's thinking of the elderly. He's thinking of the children. Uh, he's thinking of all of them. Yeah, there'd be plenty there that'd be fit and healthy enough. You and I probably wouldn't have had a struggle. We're just like, yeah, we'll just head home now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there would have been a bunch of people that were like, ooh, you know, this is a bit of a um, dilemma. A bit yeah. of a, uh, uh, this, is, this is not going to be so great. And uh, and Jesus is like, you know what? I'm not sending these people home hungry. And so he feeds them. And so Jesus had supernatural power. But what you find is that Jesus wasn't using that supernatural power just as a means. He was using it as a means of being a blessing. Mm, he was serving. He was serving people. He wasn't creating opportunities for, you know, just lots and lots of publicity. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, he brings out this principle where he says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So if your right hand is doing a good deed, don't tell your left hand about it. Mm. Um, keep it between you and God. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great metaphor right there for what we have as to how we can serve others effectively. This is Michael Card with The Gentle Healer. Looks like our uh, desk has messed up again. I wonder whether people can even hear us. We can hear each other. Yeah, I can hear you, Lyle. Um, they're just checking out there. We're, we're having a real problem with this desk lately. Yeah, yeah. It gets to the end of the show and it's like, you know what? I've had enough. Is it ever I'm since getting, we got the new computer in? I'm getting tired. Yes. Okay, yeah. No, we had, a, we had the problem before. All right, so we've got nothing at the moment. Should we uh, Let me see, find out from our producer? Do you want us to just simply go off air or do you want us to keep talking here? Uh, okay, so we talk- keep talking. Okay, All right. Okay, good, Lyle. Uh, Apparently, we sound like uh, chicken scratch right now. Oh, we do. Yes. Oh, that's terrible. Um, a, 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 a cross between chicken scratch and ghosts. Oh no. So, um, uh, yeah, that's a, a a bit of an issue. Is that is that on our live feed or on our um, not regular broadcast? I'm not sure. It could be right across the board. Oh, I that's think it's terrible. what's actually coming out of the. Um, out of our machine. Okay. Anyway, so um, I'm getting a thumbs up. So are we going to flick back to some music here? We're going to try. We're going to try. Gonna try? Gonna okay, all right. Let's see. It Give it a crack. Let's good. see what we'll happens. Come back to us. Night. No. Yeah, that's terrible. No. <laughs> that's terrible. Let's just stay here. We're just okay. going to have to talk. Let's do some Bible study. Yes. Let's. There are some passages here that we have not read yet. Let's go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. When in doubt, ladies and gentlemen, turn to the the Bible. Bible. (laughs) John chapter 5, we are going to start reading in verse 1. Matthew, Mark. And here you find a a healing story. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda. Been there. Shut up, (laughs) Bob. Awesome. Is it really? Oh, yeah. I've heard it's Very a little, cool. little like it's a, it's a bit of a letdown because the pool is really famous, but then you get there and it doesn't seem like anything that would be famous. Oh, no, it's very cool. Because, you know, over the years, of course, the city has built up around it, so it's oh, like okay. way down yep, deep yep. in the ground. Mm-hmm. You've got to go way down, 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 down before you actually get to see water. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Did you go yeah. all the way down? Of course. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. That's a long time. Wait, like, wait, did you miss verse 4? I don't even have verse 4. 
Literally, my Bible goes from verse 3 to verse 5. <laughs> what? Look at that. Look at that. Am I crazy? Down the bottom there, chapter 5. Have you got a wicked Bible? I don't know. I'm missing. I'm lit- Am I crazy? There's no verse 4, is there? There is. There is. Uh, uh, there is. No, you are not crazy. It is not there. It's completely That's missing. Insane. Somebody didn't like that verse, and they're like, "Let's delete it." Dude, do you verse, know what? When you find a typo or a mistake on a product, I firmly believe that you should be entitled to a lifetime free supply of that product if you point it out to the manufacturers. So you should have a lifetime free, free supply, supply of, of NLT Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me read it to you from the trusty KJV. How about that? Uh, where are we? Um, verse four says, "For an angel went down at certain at at a certain season into the pool, and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had." So that explains now why there were so many people gathered around the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible doesn't specify whether this was a superstition, uh, a superstition or a real thing. Um, but it just simply says that was the that was the case, and that was why they were all gathered around. And there was a lame person there amongst all of the others. Okay, Mon, go for it. Am I going to read verse five now? Yes, that was verse four. I just read verse okay, four, cool, so read cool. verse five now. Because I was I was following along in my Bible. I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. She skipped a verse. <laughs> you didn't even have it. One of the men lying there had been sick for thirty eight years. When Jesus saw him. And knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat <clears throat> excuse me, and began walking. Okay, stop there for a moment. Mm-hmm. How old are you, Mon? I'm 35. Okay, so you this guy this guy's was, been sicker longer than I've been alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. lame, unable to walk. Yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty full on. Yeah, right. it's horrible to think. Yeah, thirty eight years is a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's half a lifetime in our standards now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, keep going. Uh, so um, where was I? oh? But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured. You can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Man, talk about just looking at the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> have we got a message from our producer? I think you've got a message. I didn't get one. Oh, have we let's, got- see, let's see what's happening. Let's 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 find it. There's a great story right here. Anyway, so um, Jesus has healed this person. This person picks up his mat and goes walking, and uh, he gets in trouble immediately like, oh, it's the Sabbath day. Like as if you would be thinking of that if you had just been healed. You would have no doubt completely forgotten that it was the Sabbath day. Um, And he answered them, um, the person who made me whole, the same, told me, take up your bed and walk. In other words, the person who healed him. So this is not somebody who is unknown to them. This is somebody who has been a cripple for 38 years. They see him walking around, and the very first thing they ask is, why are you carrying your bed on the Sabbath day? Nothing in the Bible against carrying your bed on a Sabbath day, but the Jews had made a rule about not carrying your bed on the Sabbath day. Um, The Bible goes on. They asked him, what man is it? Which said to you, take up your bed and walk. And he that was healed did not know. I love what the King James says. Wist not. He wist not who it was. 
Love that language. He did not know who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. So here's what happens. Jesus walks Jesus walks in here and he just randomly um he, he randomly just heals one person and then leaves. It is a tremendous miracle. It definitely catches attention, but he doesn't tell a soul. He just vanishes into the crowd. The guy stands up and walks, and he's walking around, and you can imagine how excited he would be. He has no idea who has done this um, because this person has disappeared. Jesus didn't look you know, any particularly different from anybody else. Um, afterwards, Jesus, finding him in the temple, said to him, Behold, you are made whole. Sin no more, unless a worse thing come upon you. The man left and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Talk about missing the point right here. Um, are we going to? We got somebody on the phone right now. Okay. Roman. We got be a slave. In my grave. This is going to do. This is Gorilla Radio at its best. <laughs> this, this is this is this is my wife, producer Shell, who is doing amazing things to try and keep us on air. And the whole radio program right now is running off my iPhone. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> because everything else has died. Looking the only working piece of uh, equipment monitor. we have here. 
apart from our microphones and whatnot. It's a trusty iPhone. Uh, <laughs> just goes to show what you can do with modern technology. That's I can't right. believe that she figured out how to do that. That's just yeah, uh, she's very clever lady. Very clever lady. So we're going to do question of the day. We now did have a question. We do that, we're oh, do oh quiz, 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 quiz. Okay, quiz. okay. Uh, so this is the last clue for this quiz. Who am I? Tamer is my sister, and Solomon is my brother. Uh, Tamer had a pretty sad story to tell there with this particular brother. Uh, give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. That's 1-800-324-843. But Lyle, it is most definitely time for Q of the Doohoo. Today's question is this. Does everybody get a guardian angel, Lyle? Like, do all of us, everyone? Everyone gets a guardian angel. Okay. Absolutely. And is that like biblical? Like, Absolutely it's biblical. Please explain. Okay. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 10. In fact, let me just look this one up because I'll give you a bit of... Uh, uh, let, me, let me find this in context. Um, if your eye offend you, pluck it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye than having two eyes to be thrown into hellfire. Take heed or watch out that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven... Their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. And so what Jesus is, is, is addressing here, and he addresses it in even stronger language in other places and, and talks about you know, what will actually happen to somebody who abuses children. Um, you know, this is like it would be better off if they just had a millstone tied around their neck and they were thrown into uh, the deepest part of the ocean, mm. the Mariana Trench. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's talking about children. He's talking about protection of children. And he's talking about, you know, if you've got a problem here, you know, you've got to deal with it and deal with it with absolute uh, finality. If you've got a problem with what your eyes are looking at, you're better off not to have eyes. Um, he says, and, you know, he says, one of the reasons is that they're angels. And I want you to notice the personal language here. There. The angel belongs to them, to mm. that individual. Do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. So we each one have an angel that is assigned to us that also has direct access to God the Father in heaven. Wow. It's a pretty heavy thought when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the answer is yes. Every single one of us has an angel that is assigned to us at the point of conception. Praise the Lord for that. Indeed. If you have... Sorry, are you done? Because uh, we don't have a timer. <laughs> oh, neither we do. Yeah, whenever you're done, I'm just going to hit play on the, on your well, phone. Well, it says Lyle. it says it says guest interview up there. Yeah, for 11 minutes. We can do question of the day <laughs> no, for 11 no. minutes. Let me preach no. a sermon. We ain't got time, son. It'll be nine o'clock by the time you finish. We need to give some stuff away. No, I'm super excited. I'm no. like, this is my opportunity. <laughs> this is when I my one and only you, opportunity. Where's that mute button when you need it? Okay, have, have we? Are you satisfied with your answer to the question? I'm satisfied that the Bible has answered Amen. this question. That we each one have a guardian angel. Matthew chapter eighteen, verse nine to eleven. Amen. This is "Look Up, Child" by Lauren Davis. When darkness seems to end Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh, I, I, I hear you say
Ah, we're here. We are here. <laughs> yeah, here okay. we are now. It is happening. All right. So we're about to give something away. We've come to the end of the show. Um, the whole show is still running off Lyle's iPhone. Um, <laughs> who would have thought that was even possible? And so while Mon busily uh, readjusts my phone, I'm going to tell you all about the gift for today. So I got to pick the uh, prize for the quiz and I also got to pick the free giveaway today. Doing a good so job just, today, uh, Lyle. Just absolutely uh, smashing it today. Anyway, so I have chosen a book that I really enjoy. This book is about the greatest Anzac hero of all time. And you may have never heard of him, which is kind of strange. The way it works is like is, is this. There were a number of Anzac heroes that were created as heroes by the government. Uh, the government needed to, uh, you know, to, 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 to create some, some good, um, some good press. And so they turned some people into heroes and created some heroes. But there was one man who was the actual hero to the diggers themselves, to the Anzac themselves. Oh, really? And for the rest of his, throughout his entire life, because he did survive the war, uh, he was the one who the, uh, the diggers looked up to. He was the one that they invited to their events, to their programs. Um, he was the most revered Anzac hero of all time from the standpoint of the actual Anzacs on Gallipoli themselves. I'm so intrigued now. And uh, his name was William McKenzie. Um, he was called Fighting Mac. Um, Fighting Mac, William McKenzie, and he was an Anzac chaplain. And this book tells his story. We've actually uh, we've actually interviewed the author of this book, uh, Daniel uh, Renault, on the show um, several times, or once I should say, in the past, and uh, he's he's told some of the story about um, who this individual was and what he was able to accomplish and how he was able to um, to really you know build a connection with these Anzacs and bring them so much hope and courage in such desperate times. And if you would like to get a copy of his story, then you need to call us now one eight hundred. 324-843. The first caller through is getting going to get the man the Anzacs revered, William Fighting Mac Mackenzie, Anzac Chaplain by Daniel Renault. That brings us to the end of our show. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or 0491-064-669 if you would like to take your chances at shooting through a text message for us. It's all the same numbers uh, to call if you would like to study more about the Bible. Uh, if you want to learn in a group setting or one-on-one or online or in paper, we could all set that up. Anyway, this is Travis Cottrell featuring Lily Cottrell with a song called What a Beautiful Name. They've mashed it up with Agnes Day and it is the live version. So take us out today and enjoy
Not home.